0: This is the Dancepreneuring Studio podcast, session number 96, From Eagle to Entrepreneur. Five, six, seven, eight. Hi there, and welcome to session number 96 of the Dancepreneuring Studio. I'm so happy that you're here with me today, and I'm very happy to have my voice back. <laughs> I got sick after I got back from my trip, and I was surprised because I hardly ever get sick, and Usually if I feel symptoms coming on, I can quickly nip them in the bud, but this time, oh boy, maybe it was just the intensity of the whole experience, but I am better now and I'm happy again to be with you, happy to be bringing you another great interview that I got to do. Oh my, you want to listen in its entirety because my incredible guest has some free resources that she's offering and you have to take advantage of them. And by the way, my name is Annette Bone. (laughs) In case you didn't know and this podcast is the place where dance inspires life and business. I have the joy and the privilege of taking you through this journey back into the dance world after being gone for so long, the transformation that I've experienced and the incredible artists that I've met along the way that I get to share, who share their stories, their ideas, strategies and tactics to help move your life and your business forward. And Kelly Roach, who is coming up on this session, and I have a great conversation about something we found out that we had in common in our early dance days, as well as what to look for in a coach, which is really important. If you want to take your business and your life to the next level, as well as different things, really important things that you need to consider in your business, whether it is based on dance or choreography or anything else. She has some really great information information that will help you take your business to the next level. Thank you so much for joining me.
1: Hey there, this is Kelly Roach, host of Unstoppable Success Radio, and you are listening to another session of the Dancepreneuring Studio with Annette Boone. Now that you're warmed up, get ready to go full out with our feature
0: presentation. My guest today is incredibly accomplished in dance and in business. She is the host of the top-rated podcast, Unstoppable Success Radio. She's an international best-selling author and the CEO and founder of her own successful coaching firm. She's been featured in places such as Inc.com, Thinkific, very prominent podcasts all over the place, and many online publications. She runs business coaching programs, mastermind groups, online courses, and does private consulting with individuals and organizations. And I'm really excited to talk about not only business, but her experience as a former NFL cheerleader and everything that she's learned in dance that she's applied to her successful business and her life. And I am just really excited to get into these questions. And I want to give a warm welcome to the incredible Kelly Roach. Kelly, how are you?
1: I am fantastic. And thank you so much for the warm introduction and and for having me on the show today.
0: Oh, my goodness. I can't wait to get into these questions. I want to go back to pre-NFL cheerleader days when you started dancing and what your journey was like. And I found out we have something in common in dance that... Our families couldn't afford dance lessons, so, like for me, um, I was getting so excited when I discovered dance, and I when I went home, I took a a, a complimentary class, and I went home and and got excited and told my family about it, and they're like, well, you know, we really can't afford it, and that just really brought me down. And I figured out, I tried to figure out, okay, I really want to do this. How can I do this? So what I ended up doing was I worked at the dance studio, um, doing the registrations, cleaning, whatever I could so I could take dance lessons. Um, What was the case for you when you were when you discovered dance? And what was your journey like?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So very similar. So I had always kind of been into cheerleading and gymnastics. And, you know, from that, I just fell in love with dancing. And, you know, I wanted to start taking classes. And so... You know, I kind of found a great studio in my area and, and, you know, we looked into it and the cost was just obviously, as you know, uh, astronomical. And, you know, it it was one of those things where in order to take classes, um, my mom actually set up a a barter system with the owner at the time so that I could clean the dance studio. And so for years, probably, oh my gosh, it must have been seventh or eighth grade all the way through high school. I want to say, uh, I, was cleaning the dance studio scrubbing the floors you know mopping cleaning the mirrors emptying trash vacuuming um after school and on the weekends to pay for my classes so very similar story um and you know it's it was quite quite an experience doing that for sure
0: what got you interested in dance in the first place was it did you see a performance did you what was it that that caught you
1: well, I think for me, my first exposure to dance was really through cheerleading. And we started performing and, you know, going out and doing competitions. And I think the part that I love the most about cheerleading was the dance aspect. And I think from that, I just fell in love. I loved the music. I loved performing. I loved making people smile and just being out there. Um, I feel like, you know, moving to music is like the best food for the soul that there is. And oh, yes. I, I can't remember anything that made me happy happier than being in dance class. And, you know, just um, I, I loved pushing myself and and trying new things and working really hard to kind of get something and then, you know, conquering that move or, or that position or whatever it was. And, you know, I, I loved everything about it.
0: Oh, I so relate to that. So you said your mom set up that barter system. So your family was supportive of your your dance journey? Yeah,
1: absolutely. I mean, I think that, you know, they probably thought I got a little overboard. I mean, I I took it pretty seriously. You know, I started off just doing like one class and then I think I was in five and then I was in like seven. And you know how that goes. You start competing and you're there every (laughs) night of the week and, you know, all of that. So I would say, you know, yes, they were supportive, you know, from the standpoint that, you know, it was really up to me to, to do the work to earn the classes and, and to maintain my schedule and be able to keep in check, you know, all the other things besides dance that I had going on in my life, you know, but I don't, I don't think they necessarily – they never really pushed us towards one thing or another, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say they were open to neutral. It wasn't really positive or negative. It was just, hey, if this is what you want to do, you're going to need to earn it kind of thing.
0: And I imagine that this training and the effort that you put into dance definitely helped with how you developed your business later on and um, your work ethic and going into being a a cheerleader for the NFL. What led up to that? Now, why did you choose that route as opposed to I want to dance for a dance company or dance in the commercial world. Or did you dabble in those as well? What made you choose that path as opposed to a different path in the dance industry?
1: I always kind of had this vision of, you know, keeping dance as, as fun and enjoyable. And, and even though I was on a highly competitive team and I was with a very good technical studio, I never wanted to make it my whole life because I always had a feeling that it would ruin it for me. If that mm-hmm. makes sense at all. Yes. I didn't, I didn't want to make it, I, I didn't want to cross over from having it be something that was fun and fulfilling and challenging to having it be my, my whole life's work, if that makes sense.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I always wanted a way to continue, but I didn't want to necessarily, um, do it in such a way that, like I said, it, it, it kind of crossed over the other side. And so for me, um, when I graduated from high school, I, went to Westchester University. And I chose that school because I had to get into the least amount of debt in order to go there. <laughs> um, So I think I was accepted to like 15 schools. And it was like, okay, how much is it going to cost? How much are they giving me in scholarships? How much are they giving me in financial aid? And, you know, Westchester was was the best deal financially, the least amount of debt. And so that was where I went. And uh, when I got there, you know, I checked out the options as far as dance. I checked out the options as far as cheerleading. And, you know, they were really significantly subpar to what my training up until that point had been. So it would have been a huge step back to get involved in in their programs that they had available. But I really still was hungry to keep performing and, and keep staying active and, and participating in the dance world. And, you know, so I had a friend that I had danced com- competitively with in the past at, you know, the, the studio that I had grown up with that went to Westchester and she had auditioned for the Philadelphia Eagles. And I ran into her one day and I'm like, you know, man, I'm like, you know, the cheerleading team here is, you know, not so hot. And the dance team isn't really, you know, what I'm looking for. And she's like, why don't you audition for the Eagles? You would love it. You know, it, it's so much fun, like, you know, whatever. And I was like, you know, I never even, it never even crossed my mind, but I was like, yeah. Yeah. You know, and it was just kind of in that instance, I was like, yeah, I'm doing it. You know, I'm, I'm going to audition and, um, you know, got myself together and, and did it.
0: Were you fearful of the audition process or just because of the prior dance experience, you know, your training that led up to then and was it just like anything else for you? Because like for me, I was, oh my gosh, the audition process just freaks me out, mm-hmm. <laughs> and which is part of the reason why I stopped for 20 years and just got back into dance three years ago. So how was that for you and – um you know, did, what do you think about the whole audition process as a whole?
1: Right. Uh, so I think for me, so there's kind of a couple different things. You know, on one hand, I was very confident from a, a dance and performing standpoint. I knew that I would be one of the most technically advanced and I knew I would be comfortable picking up with the routines just because of the intensity of my training and, and the quality of the studio that I went to. But on the other hand, you know, when you audition for the NFL, the the dance and the performance is only one aspect of it. You know, there's a lot of other things that go into that process, including interviews and, and, you know, other things as well. So I think I should have been a lot more fearful, to be quite honest with you. I think I should have (laughs) been a lot more fearful than I was, but I had just turned 18. I was a freshman in college. I had no idea the immensity and the enormous, um, you know, commitment and, and the enormous, uh, awesome opportunity it was. I think, you know, when I auditioned, there were over 300 people. Um, you know, I, I want to say somewhere around that number that auditioned. you know, they narrow it down to about 30. And what I didn't know until I got very deep into the process was it was that many of the girls, even the ones that ended up being on my team had auditioned two, three, four. There was even someone that had auditioned five times before making it on the team. So that's what I mean when I say I should have been a lot more fearful than I was, but I think I was so young and so just kind of in my own head that I didn't even realize, you know, why I should be intimidated. And and I think because of that, I probably was more confident. And it's probably one of the reasons why I made it because I I had probably a a innocent, you know, confidence or or a naive confidence to the way that I approached the entire thing.
0: With your successful coaching business, obviously, you know that having the right coach is critical for business and life success. If someone is looking for a coach, you've obviously had some really good ones in dance and business. What kind of things would you rec- would you recommend people look for if they're looking for a coach?
1: Sure. So, you know, I think it starts with identifying someone who's accomplished what you want to. So, you know, I, I think it's finding someone that has has gotten to the level that you aspire to be, and I think that's a very important part, or at least someone that's many, many steps ahead of you that, that can look back to where you are and help you get to where they are. But I think one of the other things that I've learned over the years in terms of identifying the right coach is that it's also very important that you look at the whole picture, of them, you know, and that their life reflects the value system that you want your life to reflect and that the whole picture makes sense and is in alignment with What you want, you know, because I think, for example, in the business realm, you know, you can find a coach that maybe has achieved the level of financial and business success that you want to, but their relationships are a wreck. They're working 24 hours a day. They're a hot mess, like, you know, grinding it out, but they look like they're 10 or 15 years older than they actually are. Right. Mm -hmm. So I, I think, I think on one hand, you're looking for someone that has achieved more than you and has the wisdom. And knowledge and capability to help you get to the level you aspire to. But on the other hand, I think it's very important to look at the whole picture and to make sure that this is someone that you want ultimately guiding your life. Because I think that when you start working with a coach in any realm of your life, you are also taking on... Training and teaching and, and potentially characteristics that impact other areas of your life, even if it's unknowingly. Does that make sense?
0: Yes, that makes a lot of sense. Definitely. Yes.
1: And so I think that's, that's a really important thing for people to understand. And I, I think the third big thing is making sure that you're really clear on your personal value system and, and a plan that is specific to you not a plan or a vision or a set of goals that really are ones that were impressed upon you by someone else or that are because you saw someone else doing it or that it seems like that's the norm or the trend in your industry. I think that's a big mistake that we can all make is, you know, falling into a path that we thought that we were supposed to be on or that we thought conveyed success, but isn't necessarily what success looks like to us. And so, again, going back to, you know, finding that person that you want to, li- you know, lead you and guide you, you know, making sure that that person, you know, it can help guide you towards what you really want in whatever realm you're working with that coach and not necessarily an end goal that looks good on the surface. But once you're
0: living it, it's like personal hell or whatever the case. You know what I mean? Oh, my gosh. I I, I resonate so much with that. That's been such the journey for me because – yeah, you see someone and you think that that's the way it's supposed to be like, or you're supposed to model your life that way, knowingly or unknowingly. And so I'm so glad you said that, Kelly. Oh my gosh, I so resonate with that. And I know that you're going to relate to this, even though you're not currently in the dance world, but you're Experience in it is that, you know, dance is so amazing. The, the artistry of it, just, you know, how you feel and what it does for you internally and externally. But I found that a lot of artists, dancers, choreographers included, don't know how to market themselves. They don't really know how to incorporate the business side of things. Um, if you could tell a dancer, choreographer, an artist, three things to develop their brand or their bit, their business, what would you tell them?
1: Sure. Well, first and foremost, you know, the same thing applies to someone that is looking to build their dance studio as does any other business, which is that, you know, you may have started out because you love dance, but if you want to stay in business, you have to develop a love of marketing. You have to become skilled at creating and sustaining visibility, For your business, uh, you know, you have to make sure that there is a solid lead generation strategy in place to, to grow your studio. You need to make sure that you're looking at, you know, every element of. You know what you're doing with the customers that you have to expand and create additional streams of revenue, and then you need to make sure that you create customers for life, quote unquote. And that might be two to eighteen, right? For um, mm-hmm. most most dance students. So I would say three big things there. Number one, you know, developing your skill set in in marketing and and really focusing on creating visibility for your business, you know, and and making sure there's new leads coming in. Number two, making sure that you're looking at developing every potential revenue stream that you possibly can from the students, students that you already have. And then number three, making sure that your reputation, the customer service, the relationships, what you allow and what you don't allow to go on in your studio, uh, puts you in a position to retain your students for the life cycle. So that, you know, once you get someone in at two, that you're, you're keeping them to 18. And I think those are three really core essential things that are going to be make or break in a studio's success.
0: Now, how about the choreographer who wants to develop themselves as a choreographer or a brand in themselves? Would you apply the same thing like with their clients that they've choreographed for? Is there anything else you'd want to add to that?
1: Sure. So, for a choreographer, you know, I, I think you need to build your brand the same way that any personality brand would build their brand. So, in thinking about that, you should be focused on like building up your YouTube channel, making sure that your website has um, videos of pieces that you've done, making sure that you are uh, engineering your celebrity and and really kind of getting those good gigs, choreographing for things that are going to help you to get the next gig a little bit bigger than the last one. So. You know, I I think the whole thing there is treating your business like a business and realizing that if you want to take the craft of dance and cross it over from being not only a craft that you enjoy, but an income generation tool or your primary way of, of, you know, creating income, then you have to look at the business element. If you don't, then, you know, one day you're going to look up and you're going to realize I, you know, I have no gigs booked for the next year. Or my students have been going down in the studio, you know, every single year for five years and now we're at a place where we're losing money, right? So mm-hmm. it doesn't matter whether you're a choreographer or a studio owner, you know, whatever it is, these same rules apply. It just looks a little bit different dependent upon the realm in which you want to utilize the craft.
0: Now you have a ton of resources available to help artists, dancers, choreographers with their business. Do you want to talk about something that I'm so excited that um, you're giving access to this? Do you want to talk about what you're offering?
1: Sure, definitely. So I have a Couple, well, I have a lot of resources that I think would be really, really helpful for your audience, Annette, because your, your audience is so similar to my audience, which is that it's a bunch of people that are really, really passionate about what they do. And they're really, really good at it. But maybe they don't have all of the, the pieces in place on the business side to help them make the level of income. That they would like to. I mean, that's, that's the string that virtually all entrepreneurs have in common, whether it's in the dance realm or any other one. So a couple different resources. You know, number one, I would say definitely grab my automation report. So one of the things that is going to make you successful as an entrepreneur, as a studio owner, as a choreographer, whatever it is, is putting systems in place, um, learning how to effectively delegate, getting other people doing things for you in the business so that you can focus on doing Doing the work that you love and focus on bringing in more revenue generation to the business. So, people can text in Automate Report, that's all one word Automate Report to 44222 to get a copy of that. It's going to walk you through strategies, systems, automation techniques, things that you can outsource, ways to get yourself out of the rat race so that you can get back to doing the work that you love and growing your income. And then on the flip side, I'd like to offer one more resource if that's okay, Annette.
0: Oh, awesome. Go for it. <laughs> okay.
1: And this one is called How to Engineer Your Celebrity. So it's a whole free training series all around how to engineer your celebrity by using free content to position yourself as an authority figure in your niche or industry that allows you to attract high-paying premium clientele to you versus having to worry about chasing them down, which once again lets you, the studio owner or the choreographer or whatever you are, to focus on your craft and the things that you're passionate about versus worrying about how you're going to keep the lights on or how you're going to pay the bills next month. And you can get your hands on that by texting in the word celebrity to 44222. So all you have to do is text in the word celebrity to 44222 and you're going to get a whole training series on how to go about doing that.
0: Oh, my goodness, Kelly, thank you so much. I'm going to link this in the show notes. It's very generous of you to offer. And I know it's going to be value packed. So I'm going to link this in the show notes. So please check it out. Um, you will not be disappointed. I want to go into some fun questions. And I'm in I'm interested in how you're going to answer these. I call this the dance printer and quick step. Are you ready? Ready? Okay, dance style that you haven't tried, but would like to and why?
1: Oh, definitely like Latin. I've never done any type mm-hmm. of Latin dancing, and I think that at some point in my life, I definitely want to do that.
0: Latin, yes, I I agree. <laughs> it's it's just so much fun. Any type of for me, like any type of ballroom, I just I want to get more into that. Favorite dancer or choreographer, and why?
1: Oh gosh. Um- <laughs> I don't have a favorite. I, I don't really have a favorite choreographer, to be honest. I, but, but I will say I, I really love beautiful, emotional, lyrical dancing and, and ah. very technical jazz with long mm. lines. Um, that, that's the kind of dance that literally it gives me like chills up and down my spine and all over my body. I just, I love the beauty. I think it's, it's art. It's, it's such a masterpiece seeing, um, you know, dancers that, that can, you know, get those long lines and do the eight turns and, you know, leap in the air and have a perfect, you know, split. It's it's so incredibly beautiful. And they make it look
0: so effortless. Yes. <laughs> and uh, what dance style currently describes your day and why?
1: Oh, goodness gracious. <laughs> I would probably say hip hop, With a lot of jabs and punches and starts and stops and, you know, all kinds of craziness going on. But there's still a beat to it. There's still a beat.
0: Yes. And I would imagine you said that, too, because not only do you run a successful company, but you also have a family, right? And your daughter dances now, too.
1: Yes, yes. And so my daughter has started her, she's officially started her dance career. She is dancing all over the house. She's two and a half. And <laughs> as soon as she leaves class, she says, Mom, when can I go back? Can I go back tomorrow? And I'm like, no, we're going to go back Aww. next week. Um, But yeah, absolutely.
0: Oh, my goodness. That's fantastic. So for you to be part of that journey from the beginning, if she, if she does decide to pursue that, that's going to be so fulfilling because you've been through it yourself. Mm-hmm. So that's really exciting. Oh, my goodness. Kelly, thank you so much for being on the podcast, and I cannot wait to dig into your resources that you've graciously offered. And uh, for those of you that want to check out more information on Kelly, go to kellyroachcoaching.com. I'm going to link all of her information on the show notes. She's all over the place, all over social media. You are going to love her. Kelly, thank you again so much for being on the podcast. I really enjoyed our conversation.
1: Oh my gosh, this was so much fun, and thank you so much for having me.
0: I love hearing stories of how people got started in dance, and whether they stayed in dance or not, that being a huge part of the success that they're having today. And so it goes beyond the dance studio, beyond the dance floor, all the wonderful things that can happen because of this amazing art. I really hope you enjoyed this session. I got so much out of my conversation with Kelly Roach, and so thankful to her for providing wonderful resources whether you have a dance-based business or not. And again, please go to the show notes at AnnetteBone dot com forward slash zero nine six and take advantage of the resources that she shared and look her up on the various social media channels. She has so much available and I know that you'll get a lot out of checking her information out. If you found this podcast helpful or any of the other sessions helpful, I would really appreciate if you rate, subscribe, and review the podcast on either iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or Google Play. And that way I can continue improving the podcast and get your name out on a future session of the Dancepreneuring Studio. Until next time, I pray that you have an exceptional week and more blessings than you can imagine. I really look forward to spending time with you again.
1: Thank you for listening. This has been a session of the Dancepreneuring Studio. Find the archives of this show at AnnetteBone.com slash podcast or on iTunes. Contact Annette at AnnetteBone.com. This podcast copyright by AnnetteBone.com and Dancepreneuring.com. All rights reserved. The Dancepreneuring Studio is the place where dance inspires life and business.